Welcome to the Sports Bros Podcast, featuring the almighty B-Live, the money man, Scotty D, and your host, the head of creative, Eddie Cool. And without any further ado, here they are, the Sports Bros. Hey, what's going on, world? This be your boy, Eddie Cool, a.k.a. the HOC. And guess what? This is episode number 68 of your favorite podcast, also known as the Sports Bros Podcast. Well, we're going to go ahead and get it started because guess what? The almighty B-Live, he had to do that thing called work this week because Scotty D predicted as he usually does. And, you know, eight times out of ten, Scotty D is right. <laughs> so, guess who is here? The one, the only, the money man, Scotty D. Take me out to the ball game. Take me out with the crowd. Baseball is here, Eddie Cool. Are you excited? Man, you know, I'm excited, man, because uh, like I told you, I was going through the other uh, channels the other day, and we had a group text going on, and you guys were talking about you were watching the Buckos, a.k.a. the Pirates. And the almighty B-Live said he was watching, I don't know, but he said he was watching baseball too. So I was like, well, let me get my act together. And well, what do you know? We got um, the Mets, the Yankees playing real-life baseball, like live baseball. Like this ain't no replay of the Subway Series of right. that many years ago. Yep. It's just they're playing real live baseball um so so what do you take about what do you take away from this whole thing because you know th this is the instead of this being street, uh, spring training this is the summer camp exhibitions so um as far as the adjustments and no people in the stands and the pump crowd noise what what are, what are your takeaways from it so far I, I think once it gets down to it these guys I don't think any of that stuff's going to matter once it's once it's game time. Uh, you know, these guys are accustomed to tuning out the crowds and and the crowd noise and stuff like that for the most part. Uh, I I don't think any of that's going to really matter when it's time to actually play ball. They're going to be just. I think it's just going to be uh, normal stuff to them once it's once it's actually game time. Now, there's obviously going to be a couple different things going on. You know, as you noticed, probably there's some of the guys are going to be wearing masks. Uh, I saw Josh Bell, the Pirates. He was playing first base. He had one around his neck, and when somebody got on first, he pulled it up. So there will be a couple little differences of, of that sort of thing going on. I mean, it, it's got to feel kind of strange to be playing a spring training game in July in a stadium rather than, you know, in the spring in Florida. Um, but I think once the season officially starts and they start getting into a little bit of a groove, I think it's going to feel normal to them. I, I think it'll – start to feel a little bit normal to us other than the fact that it's it's about to be august and everybody's in it you know we're just getting started so there's you know it's not your going to be your typical pennant races where you've you know all down this all through the the hardcore times of the summer the dog days of summer you you gutted it out to be in the position i mean we're starting the dog days of summer so that that's that's going to be different i actually thought it was kind of cool seeing the the, how New York did it, putting the the faces in the crowd. I think that I think they did that in Korea, didn't they? Uh, I think they did, and I think they may have had like a, a small smattering of like two or three people. Yeah, like, I, I, I thought like a, that was kind of cool, though. Yep, I, it, it is, man. It, you know, we're, we're used to watching baseball with you know we've been watching baseball for a while, and we see the people. You know, think about it, you know at the the camera angle is the hard cameras they call it in the wrestling business. We see the camera angle as where the people are behind home plate facing the camera, and you know now it's like okay, well you can't have any large gatherings. So it's shout out to uh shout out to uh yeah to the to the new was it the uh the Mets right? Yeah, they were yep. Yeah, shout out to the Mets for like just giving us some sense of normalcy as far as like putting fat heads there and like hey there there's people there so you know it was fun. It was, you know that that's. Some baseball often gets accused of not doing is having enough fun. That was fun, you know. I mean, to, yeah. to put uh, and, and I forget how they went about doing that. They had I don't know if you had to pay to have them in there or there was some kind of content. I forget how they went about it. Forgive me for just being a fan and not a baseball expert, but um, it was you know I I actually thought it added to it. I'd like to see all the stadiums go to that kind of thing. The crowd noise kind of corny to me, mm. you know. I, 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 I don't know that that's something that they'll continue to do once the regular season starts. I know that the players from, uh, I heard from a few of them say 
this is about a week ago before they actually had played these games, saying because it's not authentic, they didn't they weren't crazy about it. They didn't think the fans would like it. Watching it on TV to me, it just seemed like regular background noise, like any other time. So it didn't really distract me or add anything to for it. I, I don't know. I, well, that I, I remains to be seen. I don't know if they're gonna if they're gonna do that as as it goes on, but that didn't matter to me. What mattered was actually seeing the game being played, and that was that was kind of nice. Although, like I mentioned to you before we came on there, I'm already sick of the Pirates, and I watched one game of it. <laughs> usual in Pittsburgh. As uh, things change, things stay the same. And um, opening night, if you will, is uh, July 23rd at 7.08 on ESPN. We got Scotty D's Yankees versus the reigning defending World Series champions, Washington Nationals. Scotty D, man, I um, I, had a ch- I think I checked out that game um, between the Mets and the Yankees for a little bit, and I saw some highlights. Uh, they played somebody else. I'm like, your Yankees look good, Scott. Your Yankees look pretty damn good. Yeah, um, they do. The the Yanks have to have all those sluggers slugging, and they added Garrett Cole to to their their pitching staff. So they they a lot of team a lot of people are picking them to be the one that's coming out of the American League. I I think I'm going to go with that too because I do root for the Yankees. You know, I, the Pirates are my my favorite team, but I do have a uh, a special place in my heart for the Yankees. I've always liked the Yankees. Um, it, it's going to be interesting on a, on a short season, though. How you know, if it only takes like a guy like Judge or John Carlos Stanton to get a, a major injury this year, where that normally would keep you out thirty days, sixty days. That's basically your season now. If if something like that that happens, matter of fact, uh, you know, Domingo Herman was their their uh, winningest pitcher last year. He got suspended and has 63 games remaining on that suspension. So essentially now down to a 60-game season, he's missing the entire year. So that takes a whole pitcher off their roster. You know, obviously, like I said, they added they added Garrett Cole, and um, so their their pitching should be still pretty deep, I believe. But um, yeah, the, and then you got like the uh, you know the, a lot of people are picking the Rays. The Rays were were. Um, Man, their pitching staff is going to be the strength of their team. They're they're young. They added some some help for against against left handed pitching. Um, Charlie Morton, Tyler Glass, now Blake Snell. I mean, that's three deep. That's usually what you need is three good solid starters, like really good starters, uh, to win in the postseason. And then the A's are always in there. They they've won ninety seven games the last two years, so they're they're still on. The Angels could be an interesting team to watch this year, Eddie, because they added a Rendon. You know, well, they they took uh, the big key piece of the Nationals World Series team, adding him with uh, Trout, Pujols, and Shohei Otani, and it's just uh, I think the Angels have a question in pitching. So I'm going to go with the Yankees, and and everyone's picking the Dodgers, and I'm not going to go against that because the Dodgers, it, it <laughs> sooner or later it's got to be their year. They're they're thumping every year out there. They're they're in the postseason every year. Last year, the Nats knocked them off, and we weren't expecting that. At least I was not. Uh, so I'm going to go with Dodgers again. Dodgers and Yankees, like everyone else. Not a not a crazy out there pick, but that's what I'm going to go with. Yeah, I um, I'm with you, Scotty D. As far as like uh, representing that American League, uh, I'm going to have to vote the Yankees too, man, because the Yankees look strong. And you know, as long as that pitching can hold up and the big sluggers can stay healthy, the Yankees will be just fine. The Rays will probably be nipping at the heels. I feel bad for Toronto because the country of Canada said, "Eh, eh, uh, uh-uh, uh, you're not playing no baseball games here in um in Toronto or in Canada." So now they got to find another home, and we're like, what, a handful of days away from um the first game of the regular season, and pretty much you know, um. Baltimore and the Red Sox would be, you know, struggling to uh, clean up in the division. Um, as you said, man, you know, Oakland looks pretty good, too. I'm sorry. Actually, they're, they're talking about the Blue Jays potentially sharing PNC Park with the Pirates. That's on the table right now. They're 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 not one to play in Florida because, of you know, they have a spring training site there. But with the, the COVID-19 being so rampant in Florida, they're not wanting to do that. And I guess that they're... Um, their triple A affiliate, I think it is in Buffalo. There, it's not built, I guess, for the lights aren't aren't built for night games, I guess, uh, to to up the major league standards. So they may end up be playing playing games in Pittsburgh, possibly. I know Detroit was a possibility too, but they better figure it out because it's uh, 
game on this weekend. Yeah, man. I mean, if something has happened. I mean, it, it's unfortunate. It's very, you know, coronavirus has screwed everything up for everybody. It has screwed everything up for everybody to postponing of seasons. We had some more college um, athletic conferences. Hey, we're not doing nothing during the fall as well, too. And then, you know, for the Blue Jays to be literally displaced because Canada said, nah, we're not going to risk it, which is which is smart of them. But then again, like, okay, you got a baseball team and we have no – I mean, the bird got to find a new nest, man. <laughs> the birds uh, – the bird got to find a new nest. Yeah, and there is a the, – the Pirates get some guys that are in the front office that have a connection to the Blue Jays, that they were there with them in the past. And um, the city of Pittsburgh, I think, would be open to that. To You know, it would it – would, it would give more businesses uh, some more opportunities to financially if to have another major league baseball team in town during this pandemic, along with whoever would be visiting the blue Jays. I'm sure they, they'd have some work to do on the schedules and all that stuff as far, cause that's already been made. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure it'll get done. It may be kind of a thing where they might play some home games in Pittsburgh, some in Detroit. So who knows? Who knows? We'll find out that that's, that's the situation that's still unfolding. Yeah, um, yeah. As far as my predictions for who was winning the AL, I would have to roll with the Yankees. And Scotty, D, I'm going to have to do it too, man. The, the Dodgers, man, because they made that addition of uh, Mookie Betts and you know David Price. He opted not to play, and so um, either way, man, those Dodgers look strong, man. They look strong. I mean, like the next team that'll probably be nipping at their heels is the Arizona Diamondbacks, but I don't think they pose no threat, to be honest with you. And well, um, and we can't forget about the Nationals. I mean, they they, they lost. Anthony Rendon, I mean, they won the World Series after losing Bryce Harper, who was supposed to be their, you know, their star player. Um, I think Zimmerman's also not playing because of the the virus, but yeah. um, you know, they got Soto and some pitching, so they're they, they're going to be right in the mix of everything too. I'm not writing the Nationals off just yet. Uh, the Astros are the team that they're going to be another interesting one to watch because a they lost Garrett Cole, b Verlander is got another ring around the tree and uh, they're not going to be allowed to cheat anymore. So we'll have to see how the Astros fare. Uh, see if they, they start slipping back to the pack here this season. I'll tell you what, uh, out, of, out of all the teams of baseball that, that have benefited from this abbreviated se- uh, season, it has to be, <laughs> it gotta be the Astros, man. Just imagine if it was just, you know, business as usual, 162 games. Oh. What would we be talking about? We will be leading up the show with um, them getting hit up, hit up again, like you know, over under averages and everything. It's just and the fans you know, crushing them, huh? And the fans would just be crushing them. So this, I mean, this is actually ideal year for this to happen for them, considering they're coming off of that that whole mess. That they won't have as much uh, much hell to pay with the fans in the stands since they won't be there this year. Yeah, it's crazy, man. It's 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 just crazy. So I'm looking here, and it says, let's see, we're talking about wild card winners and losers. Let's see. And who do you think will get the wild card in the AL, Scotty D? I, I'm not sure how they're even formatting it this year. There, there's going to be extra teams getting in. Am I am I not am I right about that? Let's see. I think um I don't I don't think so. I'm not 100 percent sure. But um I thought they were expanding the playoff format for this year because of the, the short season. Yep, I believe they were. And uh, let's see, I'm looking here. Uh, let's see, they got, let's see, somebody picked Cleveland and somebody picked Minnesota. But I think Minnesota win their division. My, I, I, you know, I wouldn't even wild card them. But I think they'll just win their division. And um, Well, and, and a team, again, I, I, I briefly touched on, but the, the Oakland A's are a team that's there all the time. And it's, they're constantly under the radar because they don't have a bunch of big names. They got um, as Marcus Simeon is a heck of a ball player. Uh, they had uh, a catcher named Murphy, Sean Murphy, that was out last year injured for a while. But they, you know, Billy Bean's always wheeling and dealing and just putting pieces together. They had Chris Davis out there whiffing last year, and his uh, batting average plummeted. And I don't think he's going to be much of a factor. I don't even know if he's on that team anymore this year. But uh, but uh, but Oakland, you know, they're they're if you're asking me for like like kind of a, a sleeper wild card, uh, you know, I would take them. Over the Angels, just over the fact that 
the uh, the Angels pitching staff is 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 young and had such a high ERA last year. A uh, little bit of a question mark. They're planning on throwing. Actually, the Angels are planning on throwing Shohei Otani. I think every Sunday. They, he's going to be like on an old school Sunday only pitching schedule this year. So that again, that's going to be something else interesting to watch. So hey, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, you glad for it. You know, I'm glad to have baseball back. Yeah, me too. And you, um, you, you took the words right out of my mouth. I was like, hmm, I wonder how this whole Shohei Otani thing is going to work out. Um, I'm really going to be keeping my eyes, you know, on him. I'm not, probably not going to be staying up to watch a bunch of Angels games, but it'll be interesting to see, you know, what the two-way player himself, uh, Shohei Otani, does. Um, yeah, I think you'll love him. I think they even got him touted as the third option, the, the third uh, choice in the American League as the AL MVP. And um, it's going to be – but you know what? I'm like you, Scotty D. I don't care. It don't matter. I, it, 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 I don't give a damn. I'm just happy to see live sports and baseball being back. I'm just happy about it. Just yep. so, so happy about it. All right, moving right along, Scotty D. There was a golf tournament this weekend in Dublin, Ohio, the Memorial Tournament, and it was hot temperature-wise <laughs> in Dublin, Ohio. It's been real hot up here um, in Ohio as of late. And I looked at Tiger Woods at the press conference, and I was like, somebody get this man a towel, <laughs> okay? Get him a towel and a bottle of Gatorade, some water, something, because he looked like he was about to um, pass out. Now, Scotty D, I had to work a good majority of the weekend, but uh, three things we should opine upon is Bryson DeChambeau, and the winner, John Rahm and Tiger Woods, who finished four over and had a score of 76. Yeah, you know, at this point, would you have been mad at watching golf with these guys wearing shorts? I mean, it's like 95 degrees out there. Golf is is still so old school when it comes to that rule of, of them all having to wear long pants out there. Let them wear shorts, man. I, I won't care. Anyway, um, yeah. yeah. You're right, Scotty. Let them wear shorts, man, because I'm looking like. <laughs> Like, like, did you did you see Tiger Woods at the press conference? <laughs> I mean, the, these guys were beat up out there. Why that? But they had a, a weather delay for like forty five minutes. These guys are out there walking in heat for like six hours on Sunday. Man, it was brutal. It, it's you know it, they're not riding a cart after their shots like I do when I golf. Uh, they they also swing a whole lot less than I do. So there's that. But you know, I at least get the rest in the cart and get in the shade and stuff. And these, yeah, let them wear shorts, but. Anyway, I, I kind of I, I sent you a text over over the weekend about Bryson DeChambeau. You know, I think after he won his tournament a few weeks ago, some, the odds makers made him one of the favorites to win the Masters. And I I said I wasn't crazy about that because this dude, at this point, DeChambeau feels like he went from a pretty good golfer to the PGA meathead. I mean, he's he's huge. <laughs> he's hitting the ball four hundred yards, but then he's he, it's like he's having to relearn the game because he's, it's it's not natural for him to be playing the type of golf he's playing. He added all that weight and and he's got to be loving clubbing the ball like you know hitting it that far. But then you have something happen that like like happened to him on Friday, where, you know he he has a wayward tee shot and instead of just advancing the ball with an iron and and trying to play for a a a, a five. A par, saving maybe say par, taking a sick, take a bogey. He's out there whacking it around like tin cup with a wood. <laughs> into a yard twice and almost did it a third time. You know, what, I mean, what's he doing? He's melting down. He's he's mad at the at the official. He a few weeks ago he was mad at a photographer. It's like this guy's becoming a circus out there, and and I I like him, but at some point. He's got to reel it in, find his game, get focused, and not just be the guy who everyone wants to watch drive. But at this point, don't you kind of think he's starting to become one of the most interesting guys out there? I mean, he, he didn't play the weekend, but here we are talking about what he did on that par five. He got a 10. A 10. A whole 10. Look, I mean, it's the classic case of if you do just enough – to draw the attention, you're going to get talked about. I mean, you know, just like you said, he went all 10 cup, mad at the ref, mad at the officials, and just hacking away at stuff. And like, see, go golf is a thinking man's game. 
okay? I can't be – I need to get the ball from here to here. How can I advance the ball from one spot to another spot with the less amount of shots? If he out there just hacksaw Jim Duggan and knocking everything from pillar to post and with a bad golf shot like Charles Barkley, dude, come on. Yeah. Come on. He's, he's definitely actually become compelling TV. But as as kind of has by design, if you notice in the earlier – the, the earlier golf tournaments that came out this year, a lot of these tournaments were won with guys that were scoring 19, 20, 21 under par. Uh, this weekend, it wasn't that way. The golf course was set up to be more difficult. And I think we, we talked about it a little bit uh, a few weeks back about how the PJ was, you know, getting these guys reacclimated to playing tournament golf again and the, you know, wanting to see them be able to score a little bit more. Well, Jack Nicholas didn't set up his golf course that way. So, the weekend was a little bit tougher, and lack of rain just made that course really difficult to play. Um, and 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 DeChambeau wasn't able to take advantage of of being able to drive it as far as he was because he didn't get to play the weekend. But we have a new number one, and that is uh, John Rom. Uh, man, he scratched and clawed on on Sunday afternoon, especially on the back nine. He 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 really got into a rut on the back nine. We were talking about that he actually it resulted in a two stroke penalty. Uh, now. I have to believe this is something that happens often on the PJ tour where a ball can shift or move when a player addresses it and them not see it. I don't truly believe John Rom knew that the ball had moved at all because he played it and he dropped it. I mean, it wasn't, you know, you, we, we saw it on, on TV and nobody, not, not like the whole country sitting around going, Oh, wow. Did you see that ball move? It took a really close, close up shot to see this ball just barely shift. Imagine had Ryan Palmer, lost that tournament on Sunday by one stroke. And then Rom walks off the course thinking he's victorious and ends up lo- losing by a stroke. That would have been crazy. I'm glad that didn't happen because that shot that Rom made, I think it was the 13th hole or 14th hole, outstanding. It was, it was amazing. Um, and, and, and that saved his round because at that point he was, he was starting to, um, he was starting to, to, to drop back a little bit and Palmer had surged and, it was it was still it was still like a four stroke lead, but at that point, if he would have it, could, it could have got a little bit more interesting at that point. But uh, good for John Rom. I mean, <laughs> he he got it out a, a very very difficult weekend, um, rain delays and all that stuff, and, and it was it was his tournament. It was good to see, it was good to see Jason Day play well. I like seeing him back in, in the mix, and. Um, We'll see what we'll see if this was good for Tigers. I mean, he barely made the cut. Um, you know, he's still the guy that everybody wants to see. Everyone talks about, even though he, he was well out of contention. But uh, let's see. Let's see if the at least getting the, the competitive rounds in will help Tiger going forward into the upcoming majors. Yeah, because hey, like you said, it's always good to see Tiger Woods. And a uh, shout out to John Rom for like I didn't see the ball move when the reporter asked asked me like, you understand that the ball moved and such and such. He was like. I didn't see the ball move. I didn't touch the ball. I have no idea what you're talking about. He's like, denied, denied, denied. I didn't touch it. I didn't move it. Leave me alone, woman. Get out my face with that microphone. I don't talk. Six feet. Give me six feet. Yeah. <laughs> Give me six feet. You're doing too much. And you ain't got a mask on. I did not touch that ball. Leave me alone. But- yeah. At that point, it had already been congratulated by Jack. I mean, it was, that would have been tragic if that would have been, uh, if that had turned that score around, it would have cost him the, the tournament and the number one ranking. That would have been crazy. But you know what's cool, though, man? Jack Nicholas being out there, he's he's 80. Seemed like a young 80 to me. But isn't there just something about Jack Nicholas that just feels like comforting just to just to have him around, just to see him there, man? You know, it's you know, he's still legitimately the number one golfer of all time. And he, he's so gracious to these guys and and you know, he's there, he's, he's involved. He, he's, he's actually got the course being dug up and redone as we speak. Um, not, nice to see Jack Nicholas, you know, he, he, like I said, he just, he just feels like, uh, you know, he's just always been there and to see him still doing well at 80. And if he reported actually announced during this, during the tournament, during the weather delay that him and his wife had both contracted the coronavirus back in the, in the spring in March and April. And man, it's just, it, it's, it's good to know that he he's still he's doing okay. They beat that and they're they're hanging in there. Yeah, it's good to see him pull through that, man. I mean, this it's the golden bear. It's like, okay, oh man, Jack's here. Let's go talk to him and everything. You know, he's just he's you know warm and inviting because you know a lot of times yeah. 
Because, you know, like a lot of times older former athletes, they, they're kind of um, guarded and close to the guard. Like, look, I think the only way to advance any sport, any profession, any game is get the current generation to talk to the past generation so that way they can just exchange some things and everybody can learn something from everybody, man. It's all about you – know, that's how life should be in general. You know, like you – and the thing about it is you can't have all this information – and then die. And then when you die, you can't really pass it on to nobody because you kept it to yourself. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You got to yeah. talk to people, man. Get get it. Like, you know, you can't have every damn thing. Some yeah. of it, but it, but it's good to bestow the knowledge and wisdom to, you know, to guys like John Rahm and everything. And I'm pretty sure Jack Tones like, hey, man, be, hey, if you're going to move that ball, do it this way. Do it. Give them, <laughs> give them tips of the, and tricks of the trade. You know, come on now. you, Hey, man, you, you, hey, you, you talk to some older guys, man. They teach some things. They teach some things. But, yeah, man, it's exciting to see golf here once again. And what's the next tournament, Scott D? Next up on the PGA Tour is the 3M Open, and it kicks off on Thursday. And speaking of kicking off, uh, NBA, not too far away, but there's been some comments made about LeBron James winning the MVP. It's between him and Giannis Atacumpo of the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, Scotty D's Lakers, your coach, Frank Vogel, he made some comments, and he said, nobody impacts more winning than LeBron James. I do believe that he should be the MVP this year. I believe that he should be the MVP, and Anthony Davis should be the Defensive Player of the Year. I hope these awards go to both players. So, Scotty D, as we saw, um, Giannis pretty much just set a big, uh, set a high standard during the regular season before everything stopped because he came through and just dominated and just destroyed everybody. And then LeBron James. Towards the playoff push, he started to turn up and he started turning up as he usually does and does what the king does and just ball all out. So between the two, Scotty D, who would you who's gonna win this year's MVP in the NBA? Well, the winner is going to be Giannis Antetokounmpo. Okay. LeBron James is kind of like right now the same way Michael Jordan was. Michael Jordan legitimately should have been the MVP every year that he played. But every once in a while, it just becomes somebody else's turn. Uh, like, Carl Malone got a turn in there, and David Robinson got a turn. You know, while Elijah one, I think, took a turn whenever Jordan was out. Um, maybe Robinson did too, but Barkley was MVP a year. Magic was MVP. Jordan was the best player in the NBA for all the, when all that was going on. And that's kind of how LeBron has been, I think, a few years ago, they gave Russell Westbrook a turn, and then James Harden took a turn. But Giannis is—it's it, his turn, but it's not undeserved. I mean, he's—he's he's pretty much put Milwaukee on his back, and and made them a legitimate title contender. Without him, the Bucks aren't even in the conversation. You could probably say the same thing with the Lakers. Without without LeBron, they would still have a good team. You know, Anthony Davis, if he's going to be the defensive player of the year, the all, you know, all defensive player, obviously, then, you know, LeBron's not a one man gang on that team. I just think that the award is going to go to Giannis this year. If you give it to LeBron, it's it's not a wrong call. I think either one of them is is, you know, deserving of the award. But I just think that this is going to be the year that it's going to be Giannis's turn. So we have a repeat back-to-back of Giannis Antetokounmpo. I think so, yeah. Okay, okay. I would see why. Um, I would have to agree with you. It would be normally I would have an opposing opinion, but I mean, think about it. He's averaged twenty-nine points a game, thirteen rebounds, five point uh, eight assists a game. I mean, this guy's on fire, just like you said, man. He pretty much has the team on his back. And hey, look, I saw him live, and he's the real deal. And I'm like, okay, this is this is. This is this is the MVP. This, this this is him. This is why he's highly touted the way he is. Um, I heard a take by Kendrick Perkins on um, first take this morning. They see as they were talking, having this debate, and LeBron is you know yeah LeBron he's the most valuable player. But as of right now, Giannis is the MDP, the most dominant player because. At 6'11", 242 pounds, I mean, he has a well-rounded game. And seeing that coming down the court, man, that's real hard to stop him. He, he, he's a force. He's a force. That's one thing you can't deny, man. Giannis is a force. Yeah, he, yeah. 
but again, it's it's almost like I know Giannis will be getting it back to back years, but it's almost like LeBron, in the same way Michael Jordan was, is almost like the standard is so high that he's 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 playing against himself when it comes to this discussion. You know, it's almost like background noise. Yeah, LeBron's the best player in the game. Now, who's going to be MVP this year? You know, and that's kind of how I felt like it was with Jordan for for a while there. You know, Jordan didn't win it every year, but did, did we ever really think that Barkley was a better player than Jordan? Do we think Carl Malone was? We we didn't. I mean, they, they just weren't. They was just. It's just one of those things that, again, Michael Jordan was competing against himself for the MVP award. So if he was slightly down a little bit, and LeBron, if he's this year not quite who he used to be, then that, that'll that work against him. Although, you know, it, it wouldn't shock me because, we you know, we talked about this before. He had a little bit of extra time to rest his body before coming into this season. And he was a runaway train at the beginning of the season this past year. I think having not played in the playoffs and being hurt last year gave his body time to heal up, gave his, his legs a little bit more strength. And that could work for him again here now coming into this little abbreviated you know, finish of the season and postseason that's coming up. But uh, I think that I, I believe that the votes will go to Giannis. That's, that's just my, that's just kind of how I feel about it. Yeah. I think other votes will go to Giannis too. Of um, Even though LeBron James is, uh, he's averaged 25 points a game, 7.9 rebounds and leads the league in assists at 10.6 uh, per game. Um, it's hard or not. This is year number 17 for King James, but Giannis is just, he's that guy. He's that guy, man. Giannis Antetokounmpo is just that guy. So, uh, yeah, I think we'll get Giannis at MVP. Um, Scotty D, speaking of football, um, this wasn't originally planned in our lineup, but speaking of football, uh, training camp is supposed to start. It may or it may not start due to the disagreement that the players and the owners are having. Um, I heard there was what's the report? They want one preseason game, then somebody else wants no preseason game, hopping straight into the season. Scotty D, it sounds like a mess. What do you think? It's I think that's it. it it's a mess. There, it, it's like all of a sudden the season's here. I remember when we were so excited when they had the draft mm-hmm. in back, back in April, and we're talking about the well when the season comes around, they're they're going to be ready to go. They're they're planning on having the season. Well. I mean, we're now. It, it's time. It's time to start to start working on these training camp situations. And I don't know that the NFL is fully prepared for it as far as the safety protocols. Now, I saw Adam Schefter. He was on the Four Letter Network earlier. He was reporting that a lot of this stuff has been talked about behind the scenes. It's not. It has not snuck up on the NFL. They have been working on it without just hearing a lot about it. But you know, the players now, they're, they're staring it in the face and the numbers of COVID-19 are rising everywhere you, everywhere you turn. So they're, they're starting to be concerned about it. I, I know even Demarcus Lawrence of the Cowboys said he's not sure if he's going to even going to go to training camp right now because his, his wife is expecting and he doesn't want to pull the virus towards his family. And I'm sure there's a lot of guys that are feeling that way. There's a lot more players in the NFL than there are in, the NBA and and then Major League Baseball. There's a lot more, lot more people involved. So I, I I don't know, man. I'm still skeptical about about them getting this season started on time. I think there's a better chance for them, obviously, in college. And we talked at length last week about college mm. probably it'll pull off their season. But it sounds to me like the NFL has a lot of figuring out to do. And you know, I hope they do. I mean, I'd love to. Uh, Obviously, we love football. We, you know, we want us, we want it to to come off. Um, what did we say earlier? They had just agreed on daily testing to start camp. Is that yes, the NFL? yes, yeah, that, that's yes. The first step. That's the first step. So uh, here's to hoping they get it figured out and we get a get a season going because it, you know the Cowboys are probably not going to lose this year oh, and win the Super Bowl. So um, you know, I sure would hate to miss out on that because of a of a virus. Uh, oh man, here we go. Where's B Live when I need him? All right, so here it is. They um, we get, there's dozens of NFL stars that took the social media. Uh, one specifically, uh, Russell Wilson. He said, "I'm concerned. Uh, my wife is pregnant. Um, and the NFL training camp is about to start, and there's still no clear plan on player health and family safety. We want to play football, but we also want to protect 
our loved ones. That's the biggest issue, man. They just want to protect people. And, you know, J.J. Watt said, once again, in the interest of keeping everyone, players, and the fans as informed as possible, here's an updated list of what we know as players and don't know as the first group gets set to report to training camp tomorrow. Because, matter of fact, I think uh, today, which is Monday, we record on Monday, here on Tuesday, um, Kansas City and Houston um, I think the rookies are reporting to training camp there. So, um, yeah, they play the first game, so they have to they get a few extra days or they get an earlier start on the training camp. Yeah, Malcolm Jenkins, he also tweeted, he said, it blows my mind that the NFL is unwilling to follow the recommendations of their own experts regarding player health and safety. If we want to have a full season this year, we need the NFL to listen to their experts. You know what, I... I, I might be running. We'll, we'll 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 get to the next segment. We're moving on here, Scotty D. I see why you say that uh, Roger Goodell is a knucklehead. I I I get it now because I'm looking at the the difference in commissioners between Adam Silver, who I think really is on the pulse of his players, versus Roger Goodell, where it's always punch and counter punch with him. There's no secret that him. And DeMora Smith of the Players Association, that's a right relationship that those two have. A lot of back and forth and fighting is just – it, and I know I'm not the only one that feels this way about Roger Goodell. Like, why, why does Roger Goodell seem hard to get through versus Adam Silver in the NBA? Yeah, he, he, does, he does seem that way. It's because he, he's, he's got the, all this power that was given to him, and he's he, – uh, you're right, though. Adam Silver definitely seems like he more wants to be in tune with his players. Goodell wants to rule his players, and then he wants to act all fun on virtual draft night. And I told you back then I didn't buy it. I ain't buying it now. I don't like him. Don't like the guy. Yeah, man. I told you, man, he was eating his candy, but I'm still mad. I don't know what kind of whiskey he drinks. I need to know what he's drinking. That McAllen 25, he's doing something, but... He ain't sipping on it hard enough because obviously we're at a point now to where it's like, all right, man, like here it is, you know, training. This is the this is the meat and potatoes of the off season where we do the training camps and the OTAs and think about leave the NFL that hasn't really had like a true off season. It's been an abbreviated off season. It's just well, you guys stay home and work out to the best of your ability. Unless you're Tom Brady, who was like, look, I'm gonna go to a football stadium, bring some teammates with me, and we're gonna make it happen. We're going to make it happen. So, um, yeah, Scotty D, I see why you say Roger Goodell is a knucklehead. And he just – I don't know, man. I don't know. With with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah, well, he, he he's a knucklehead. He's going to get a great knuckle sandwich if they don't get this thing figured out. So. Roger Goodell. Right, right, right. And they're, they're, like you said, they're down They're down to uh, – I mean, it's it's showtime. They're, they're going to have to figure it out. And so um, – They'll, they'll, I'm sure it'll get something worked out, but man, it's it, it's their their backs up against the wall now because it's it's time for training camp, man. Time to go to work. Yep, and everybody's talking about it. And uh, Roger Goodell, you can get five of these cross your lip if you don't get it together. Um, yeah. So that's it for that little impromptu NFL talk. And moving right along, we're gonna skate right along into guess what, Scotty D, our favorite section of the show, the choices of the voices, and in typical choices of the voices fashion, a yo button, hit it. And now, our favorite part of the show, the choices of the voices. Once again, thank you to the wonderful and lovely Miss Button for introducing our favorite part of the show. You heard the woman, 68 episodes in. And guess what? This is our favorite part of the show. The favorite part of the show that we live for. We live for it so much. I bet Scotty D posed a question. I can't wait. I'm impatient. But I hold it together. This is the choices of the voices segment of the show where we ask you questions and you give us the answers and we talk about it, pick at you and then tell you our answers as well too. So Scotty D enough of me rambling. What's the question for this week's choices of the voices? I asked who was the best athlete you have ever seen compete live and in person, not just on the tube best athlete you've ever seen with your own eyes. And uh, we had a uh, quite a few responses this week. Yeah, man, we got a good turnout, man. Turnouts turn out, uh, started kind of slow, but uh, hey, everybody came through. They came through. We're going to go ahead and start with Uncle Max. When I was 12, my parents sent me to see my uncle and aunt in San Diego. They took me to see the San Diego Pirates at the time, and they played the Giants, where I saw Willie Mays and Willie McCovey play. 
and Gaylord Perry was on the mound pitching. Wow, so he saw a whole lot of baseball royalty with McCovey and Willie Mays and Gaylord Perry. Yeah, I, I, I for sure thought Uncle Max was going to say Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Scotty D, you're a trip. Yeah. Like, Thanks, Uncle Max. We appreciate you. As always, Uncle Max, even though they called you old as dirt. We love you, baby. We love you. We love you. We love you. Um, Leslie Cox, she said Russell Westbrook. She saw Russell Westbrook play. Um, hmm? So she's a Thunder fan. Yep. Uh, those are some good Thunder years, man. Good Thunder years. You know what? I can't wait to see that 30 for 30 about that team um, not capitalizing on a divine opportunity. It's like we see that a lot more, you know, a lot more often than not. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Yep. Mike Davis was going on, man. He said, I saw Vince Carter on the Raptors play the Cavs. Poetry in motion. Vince Carter went on to have a 20-year career and played a half a million games, correct? <laughs> half a million, I believe. Yep, half a million games. Uh, Amy Woodworth, she said she saw Tiger Woods golf. Uh, she also saw Eli Manning, his senior year at Ole Miss, and Rod Brendamore of the Carolina Hurricanes. Oh, okay. So she got to see some pretty good players play, man. Tiger Woods, Eli Manning, and Rod Brendamore of the Carolina Hurricanes. Oh, she also said Sam Kendrick, a USA pole vaulting champion. So she got to see some pro athletes and an Olympian. How many people can say that? Oh, she's uh she's watching some sports though. That's that's awesome. That's that's getting out to some games right there. That's going to the events. Yeah, Amy, thank you very much. Paul Bluss said, marvelous, Marv Thornberry. Uh, signed my baseball card. I'm sorry. Signed my baseball I caught at the Richmond Braves Toledo Mudhens game back in 1987. Marvelous Marv Thornberry. Yeah, um, but I vetoed that answer. I don't know if you followed, but I I, I texted him back because I, I know him. And I said, didn't you see Roberto Clemente play? He said, yeah, I guess I didn't think enough about the answer. So his answer is Roberto Clemente. Okay, Paul Bluss, Roberto Clemente. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. That overrides marvelous Marv Thornberry. I'm pretty yeah, sure I'll he was. Just tell that in. I'm going, I'm making him say Roberto Clemente because he did see him play. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that marvelous Marv with a name like that is a hell of a player, but he ain't no Roberto Clemente. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> so his answer, this is very rare that I will veto an answer, but I vetoed that one and, uh, and I, I replaced it with a better one. But it's a legit answer. So there you go. Thanks, P Man. I think that's the first time in the history of the choices of the voices section with Scotty, where anybody vetoed an answer. <laughs> yep, 68 episodes, baby, making history, making history. A famous 68, Yarmir Yager, Scotty D's, Pittsburgh Penguins. See, when you listen, you learn, and you learn, you listen. All right, Scott Kalis said, I raced with both Ricky Carmichael and Travis Pastrana. He raced with both of them. Interesting, interesting, interesting. And he said he played a few pickup games with Alexei Kovalev, too, hockey player, in case y'all don't know. So, yeah, Ricky Carmichael, Travis Pastrana, and played some pickup games with Alexei Kovalev. Wow, that's interesting. Very, very yeah. interesting. All right. Yep. Didn't Kovalev wind up playing for your Penguins, too? I believe he did. I believe so. Damn, he played for everybody, didn't he? Yeah. Yep. Uh, Corey Logren, he said Miles Bridges versus Blake Griffin was a battle of two athletes. Okay, that's another good one, too. Trey Dizzle, what's going on? Trey Duke said, well, I got to see Aikman, Emmett, Irvin, Dion, and Brett Favre in NFL games, and Kobe Bryant at the Beach Ball Classic in Myrtle Beach before he went to the NBA. So, I can't choose between any of these guys. It's a six-way tie. Um, had I witnessed the greatness of Tony Romo in person, there would be no tie. And there you have it. <laughs> Trade deals are coming through with the foolishness, baby. We wouldn't have it any other way. Uh, Noah Haramia, he posted a picture of LeBron James. And he was like, what, three rows back from what the picture looked like? Yeah, he must have must had great seats that night to see LeBron. Noah, holler at your boy, man, when the season come back on, man. We can get some seats and go see some games, man. Go see some games. Even though he don't play for the Cavs no more, it's still nice to go to a game and enjoy. And, of course, we saved the best for last. The one, the only, <laughs> Martin Tracy. So, here we go. I'm going to summarize this to the best of my ability. I'm going to give this answer and then summarize the rest of them. He said, the number one athlete I ever saw live. Um, also, the number one football game I ever saw was Virginia Tech at Boston College. Hands down, Mike Vick. 
This game was crazy good. Mike Vick was a man among children. <laughs> you couldn't help but notice how freakishly quicker and faster he was than everyone else on the field. He ran for over 200 yards and had three rushing touchdowns. One of those touchdowns was an 80-yard run where the last defender between him and the goal line was juke so hard. The defender did a pirouette as Mike whips past him to the end zone. So his answer was um, Mike Vick. Yeah, college Mike man, Mike Vick was exciting. Oh my goodness, he was a he was a man among boys. Yeah, and this was like before he went to the NFL because I was like I would stay home Saturday night, man. What you doing? I'm finna watch Mike Vick. Who the hell's Mike Vick? This guy played Virginia Tech. Where the hell's the Virginia Tech in Virginia, dummy? But he. <laughs> Exactly. It, it was well worth the watch, man. He put uh, Virginia Tech on the map. He did. Um, really. Yep. Uh, also, he had some honorable mentions. We'll, we'll go through real fast. Uh, Chris Chelios of the NHL, he played a very, very long time from 84 to 2010. Um, his honorable mentions list also include Dominique Wilkins, Michael Jordan, and Clyde Drexler. He all saw them play as well, too. And baseball, Ricky Henderson and Ken Griffey Jr. Um. He wanted us to help him to the side, but we decided for you, and we're going to roll with Michael Vick. But thank you as well for your honorable mention list to him. With that being said, shout-out goes to Uncle Max, Leslie Mike, Amy Paul, Scott Corey, Trey Dizzle, and Matty Ice, Martin Tracy, for their contributions to this week's Choices of the Voices. All right, since so B-Live in here, Scotty D, who did you see? Live in the Technicolor. I saw a, a couple that I, um, I started thinking about. My my list is pretty good. You know, Ricky Henderson, I actually was always a big fan of. He's the greatest leadoff hitter in baseball history, and that's not even up for debate. Nope. I didn't get to see him until right before I moved to Myrtle Beach because he was always in the American League and didn't come to Pittsburgh, and that was really my best opportunity to see anyone. But in Pittsburgh, I did manage to see uh, uh, Tony Gwynn, Pete Rose, Willie Stargell, all very, very high among the, the list of all-time best baseball players. But as I said last week, Barry Bonds is, to me, the, the greatest baseball player of all time. Uh, he's up there. I saw Sidney Crosby, Mario Lemieux both play, you know, both top 10 NHL players. I saw Emmett Smith, the, the NFL's all-time leading rusher. But I, I, I narrowed my list down to two, one of which is Tiger Woods. I, I saw him twice. Um Unfortunately, neither time he was in contention, and one time he was his back was bothering him so bad he withdrew halfway through the day. Uh, a lot of people aren't going to say golfers are athletes, but for for our purposes here, I'm going to say you know Tiger's the number two greatest golfer of all time, and Kobe Bryant's number two basketball player of all time. And I saw Kobe play as well. Uh, I it, it irks me that I did not make it a point to get to see Michael Jordan when I was in college. I should have at some point said I have to be in the same place as Michael Jordan and watch this guy play, but I didn't. So being a Laker fan, when Kobe started playing, I, I had to make sure that I saw him with my own two eyes. And, man, I am so glad that I did, especially considering, you know, we lost him earlier this year. But I, I consider Kobe to be the second greatest basketball player of all time behind Jordan. So I'm going to go with a tie there, Tiger and Kobe, um, as my greatest athletes I've ever seen with my own two eyes live and in person. How about you, Eddie? Cool. Who's the best you ever saw? Oh, man. I've been to a few games, and I've seen a several athletes. And I got the Hefty Lefty? The Hefty Lefty? No, I haven't seen him. <laughs> I haven't seen him live in person. R.I.P. Jerry Lorenzen. <laughs> uh, let's see. I, I've seen Cam Newton play a grand total of three times, and Cam is just amazing. At that time, with what he did, yeah, I mean, he wasn't even at like the at the top of his game yet, but he was still, you know, doing things and making things happen. But um, I did see him that season that they did go to the Super Bowl, and um, I was quite impressed. And let's see, I've been to, I've seen him. Oh, I saw Julio Jones. Oh, whew. you want to talk about like a an athlete of athletic proportions? Like I saw him go for a jump ball and just like yank it out of a defender's hands, and I was like. That's Julio damn Jones. During this episode of the Sports Bros Podcast, we experienced a little bit of technical difficulties uh, when I was telling everyone who my athlete of choice was, who's the best athlete I've ever seen. And my answer is the current MVP of the Milwaukee Bucks, Giannis Antetokounmpo. 
just think a man of that size to have that much skill and that much ability to play the game of basketball is uncanny. He's a one-of-a-kind talent. Now, I saw him back in January when I made a trip to Milwaukee, and um, I must say, I really did get my money's worth. That was the first time I ever went to an NBA basketball game, and just to see him do what he does... On TV is one thing, but to see him in person is totally different. Like I said, you got a guy, 6'11", with a jump shot, nice handles. He can dribble the ball. Giannis is really and truly a man among boys. And with that being said, Scotty D, what's the question for next week's Choices of the Voices? All right, so next week we're going to turn our sights back to the NFL. Um, I kind of picked a version of this question up off of I can't remember if it was uh, the four letter network or FS1 one of them the other day we're, we're talking uh, and I just kind of decided to bite this one a little bit um, different version of it. what NFL quarterback has the most to prove in this 2020 season of these three veterans Cam Newton who's one of the best you've ever seen mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers who whose team drafted a quarterback in this past draft, a rookie quarterback, or Tom Brady, who is now no longer under the watchful eye of Bill Belichick. Which of those quarterbacks has more to prove in 2020, Cam, Rodgers, or Brady? Oh, that's going to be a good – I got a feeling that might be another one of our best of all time in the Choices of the Voices section. And with that being said, that wraps it up for another edition of the Choices of the Voices section of our sports bros podcast show scatter d guess what it's time to go home but before we go we got a round of pepper you know how we do it three topics rapid fire style kind of sort of not really but you got the two-man weave here between myself and scotty d uh i will continue my history lessons in this day in history and scotty d you know he does what he usually does and i'll go first on this day in history back in 1989 mike tyson knocks out Carl Williams in one minute, yes, in 33 seconds to win the heavyweight titles. You know, they got like a thousand of them. Um, He won the WBA, the WBC, the IBF, and the lineal heavyweight championships. What is is lineal? Like uh, like an interim or halfway or not all the way or (laughs) two-thirds champ? Like, come on, either, either you're the champ or you're not. Like, what's going on? You should unify all the damn belts. But, uh, yeah, Mike Tyson knocking them out. A minute and 33 seconds. Would not want to fight that dude now. Over to you, Scotty D. All right. Speaking of quarterbacks with something to prove, I'm I'm hearing a lot of criticism on the Cowboys because of Dak Prescott not getting the deal done. You know what? They made him a really good offer. Am I am I am I wrong on this? Did the Cowboys not offer him uh money that would have made him like one of the top five quarterbacks paid in the NFL? They, you know, Mahomes, they Mahomes, took a, Mahomes took a deal for 10 years. The Cowboys offered Dak one for five. He wanted four. All right. Well, you know what? He's playing on the franchise tag. He's getting paid well, and he's getting paid too well for a guy who went eight and eight last year. He went one and six against playoff teams and 0 for nine in game winning drives last year. That's my take on Dak Prescott. Dak, you got a lot to prove this year to me. Over to you, Eddie Cool. <laughs> Scott D said, don't worry about everybody else, but to me, I'm the one me. that you got to prove it to. Oh, man, this day in history back in 1973, hammering Hank Aaron of the Atlanta Braves hits Ken Brett's fastball for his 700th career home run. Hammering Hank, still slugging, still hitting. The hit king does what he does best, is putting the Ball to bat and watching ball go out the park. Yep, a lot of home runs left Fulton County Stadium. Over to you, Scotty D. All right, so it's the 2018 U.S. Open in Shinnecock Hills. Phil Mickelson gave us one of the greatest moments in sports history when his putt rolled past the cup. He chased it down and smacked it right back up the hill. <laughs> that Phil Mickelson was absolutely disgusted that day with how that course was playing. Well, this past Sunday, Mickelson was out of contention and from 78 yards out, putted. That's right. He putted the ball down the hill. He then ended up uh, chipping on and making par. 
Then on what is considered to be the toughest scoring hole on the PGA Tour this year, the 16th hole, par three, Phil lays up. Now, Phil has Phil went on to say that he wasn't trying to throw any attitude towards the course or make any kind of statement. He was just trying to play some angles. He actually said that uh, in eight straight attempts on that par four, he was nine over par on that par three. He was he was nine over. So he figured if I can make a four, I'm doing better. Um, I I don't know, but Phil Phil has the money where he wasn't really worried about climbing the leaderboards and placing. Phil's creativity again. He's putting from 78 feet out. I mean, that's why I love Phil Mickelson for stuff like that. And again, the 2018 U.S. Open, when he hit a putt that was moving, smacked up the hill, one of the great moments in my life. Over to you, Eddie Cool. Hey, man. Shout out to Lefty. Still out there doing it. Giving us some good stuff. Good stuff to always talk about. Third and final pepper point goes out to the one, the only, number 99 himself, Wayne Gretzky. Uh, this day back in 1996, he signs a two-year deal with the New York Rangers. Um, I'm not mad at that. You know, you got it done in Edmonton. Over in L.A., ah, not as much. Well, didn't go to St. Louis. Mm, nothing going on over here. Ah, might as well go ahead and just finish out the last few years of my career. My buddy, the one, the only, the legendary Mark Messier. Yep, Wayne Gretzky, holder of the great one, the great one, holder of every single record damn near there is as far as scoring in the NHL. Scotty, do you know what I did a few days ago? Um, I had a chance to watch a good portion of the. Um, I went down a wormhole. The 100th greatest NHL players of all time. I learned a lot. Uh, they didn't have them like in numerical order. They just had like oh. you know, they just had them like there's a hundred of them. And, you know, they didn't, they didn't say if he was the greatest of all time, but, you know, you had him and Gory Howell and Espositos and um, Ted Lindsay, Grant Fuhrer. There's a lot of guys I didn't know about, but I, I learned a lot. I'm trying to get back in the groove of hockey once again. I learned a lot. But if you ever get a chance, man, uh, watch a few of them. Just don't do like me and just go down a wormhole and watch 60 of them. <laughs> Sounds good. Yep. Over to you, Scotty D. All right. So this past weekend in the flyweight main event at UFC, Davison Figueredo destroyed Joseph Benavidez in a rematch from a fight they had, which I believe was back in December. The first uh, of first of these fights went two rounds and Benavidez won the first round. And then it got a, an incidental headbutt in the second round led to a massive gash on his head. And he never recovered from that. Um, this time he was just completely outclassed. So the UFC rolls on and we got um, coming up. I think this Saturday night, we've got um, Shogun Hua, and and um, Najera are fighting, and it's like the battle of the old old dudes. And you got Darren Till and Robert Whitaker; those are some heavy-handed guys fighting in the main event. And then um, Fabricio Verdum, former heavyweight championship, taking on Alexander Gustafson. So there's some good fights coming up uh, in UFC. And then we also have next month we will have what might be the final fight of Daniel Cormier's career when he's taking on Stipe Miocic in their rubber match for the UFC heavyweight championship. I can't wait to see that one, but UFC still rolls on, man. And now that we're, they, they've gotten us, they've bridged us back to uh, this weekend, Eddie. I mean, I'm looking forward to, to watching some real baseball, like not even just preseason games, legit baseball. Then we got NBA right behind it. Mm-hmm. The UFC and uh, the PJ have really, they, they've helped put a bandaid on this uh, no sports wound for me the last month. Oh, they have, man. They have. Um, they really have. But, uh, Scotty D, before I go any further, we did have a small conversation about the main event at Extreme Rules, the horror show last night. Oh, oh man. I don't know if any of our listeners are watching wrestling, but it, it, this is a bad time to start. <laughs> I mean, it we're crap Ola right now on, on WWE. If you're going to watch wrestling, watch AEW on Wednesday nights. That's what you want to see. Yeah, Scotty D's favorite tag team, the um, – the uh the Lucha Bros, yeah, Scotty D. What you said uh, in a text a while back? You can watch the Lucha Bros and the Young Bucks every week. Oh, it's like poetry watching those guys. Those guys are like a uh, a circus, high flying circus, man. They're they're outstanding to watch. So, but some of this, you know, we accept as wrestling fans that they're going to insult our intelligence at some point. But now they're taking it to a a whole other level. Oh my goodness. Usually, like you said, when you hit somebody in the back of the head of the shovel, that's attempted murder, and they're dead. <laughs> what is they're this? They're fighting in a swamp. 
they're drowning each other. They're wearing masks in the water. Jeez, eh, Eddie, I'm embarrassed to even admit that I watched it. It's, it's, it's a whole lot. But Scotty D, the show that I really wanted to see this weekend was uh, Impact Wrestling had a pay per view called Slammiversary. Um, yeah. And from I what I heard, and from what I heard, it was better than what they had. You had a lot of guys that were old WWE guys. They made their debuts or their returns to uh, Impact Wrestling and um, might have to have something to watch on Tuesday nights. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Um, and with that, mean- the break had a 10. Huh? A 10. Bryson DeChambeau had a 10. I had a 10 the other day. A whole 10. A whole 10. I really need to get out to the golf course, man. But uh, the way this heat is set up, man, I don't know. And I'm 273 pounds. I'm a little dude. So I get out there and, you know, once that first beat of sweat starts going down, I'll be looking like Tiger was on that interview (laughs) yesterday. Yeah, man, Tiger. Yeah, let them wear shorts. Yeah, let them wear shorts, man. Under Armour, these uh, the, the, the technology is in the in, is in the fabric. So let it happen. Let it happen. That's been another edition of Pepper. Oh, actually, before we go, uh, happy 40th birthday to one Carlston Charles Sabathia, aka CC Sabathia. Happy 40th birthday from Scotty D's Yankees and uh, his record in the Major League Baseball. You got 251 wins, 161 losses, a 3.74 ERA, and 3,093 career strikeouts. He played for the Indians, the Brewers, and the Yankees, a six-time All-Star, a Cy Young winner in 2007, and AOCS MVP in 2009, and he led the league twice in wins in 2009 and 2010. So happy birthday, CeCe. I think he also has the record for most material used to sew one uniform. Ah, he, I, his uniform is huge, <laughs> huge, huge baggy uniform for a huge dude. Yeah, that's kind of the um the old baseball uniforms like back in like what the uh the 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 late 1800s or the 1900s. It was just, it was just like big old like the- big old shirt. They had a long sleeve undershirt up under there, so you know they had to be melting. Big old pants, the stirrups, and it. Uh, baseball has come a long way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it has come a long way. And with that being said, this has been another episode of the Sports Bros Podcast. Uh, thank you for listening to us. You can check us out on our multiple Sports Bros Podcast platforms. I like I said last week, I'm beginning to write more sports related articles. So please check us out, Sports Bros Podcast uh, dot com on WordPress. Just check us out. That's our WordPress. Also, Sports Bros PCAST. Yep, that's us too. That's our Twitter account. Uh, what else? The Sports Bros on Instagram. We're also on Facebook. Well, we, you know, we do a lot of majority of our communication level. Uh, check us out there on there as well, too. Also, to all of our listeners on Apple Podcasts, do us a favor. Give us a five-star review and a five-star rating and give us a little review. I don't care if you said it. Eddie told us so. Scotty D's right. Be lives wrong. All roll lead to Dabo. Pirate turd burgers. Hashtag do better. Just show us some love. Just let us know that you're listening because it works with the algorithms. And the more you bust up those ratings, the higher we go up. And the more people can see us. The more people can see us. But it's a blessing, Scotty D, to be on as many um, podcasting platforms as we are. And go see Be Live at 482 North McPherson Church Road. I got brisket, cheese sticks. Pizza, uh, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Zima. Zima. <laughs> they got all that stuff. Grits. <laughs> they got grits, cheese fries. They got all that stuff. Uh, 193 bottles of beer on the wall. <laughs> yeah. uh, B-Live's down there counting like a 1,000 bottles of beer tonight. So he couldn't be with us today. But And uh, if you want to catch me, catch me on the front porch in Washington, Pennsylvania, and on Facebook. And thank you, our listeners, for checking us out. Yep, and catch me on Facebook, Eddie Cool. Also catch me on the Facebook like page of the Sports Bros Podcast. Super Cool 5000 if you do the Snapchats. Cool Season on Instagram. And The Real Eddie Cool on Twitter. Yeah, I'm starting to get back on that Twitter thing a little bit. But, yeah, just catch me everywhere. And um, you can catch me in the house trying to beat this heat. Need to get this AC fixed. It's ridiculous. I've never sweated this much in my life, Scotty D. I never knew the heat could make me so damn miserable. But it has, though. But it has. Has it rained any over there where you at? Any at all? It is not raining in western Pennsylvania at all. We've had like like 
we had 30 minutes of rain last week when I was trying to golf. And then other than that, nothing for like the two weeks before or two weeks after. So just uh, uh, dying for some rain here. And folks, if you're listening, don't go to Myrtle Beach. The Corona is down there. Stay away from Myrtle Beach. Stay home. Stay home. Put a mask on. Stay home. Romania 2020, brother. It's going to run wild on you, 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 and you. So, yeah, stay home. Be safe. And uh, wear a mask. Don't fight. And uh, it never rains in Western Pennsylvania. (laughs) Doom, doom. All right, we're getting silly. We finna get up out of here. Um, Anything you want to say before we get up out of here, Scott? Bryson DeChambeau had a 10. That's all I got to say. And that's it. That's a wrap. Okay, so Bryson DeChambeau had a 10. Scotty D's Pirates are still doing pirate things. Yeah. And um, I just want some a- a- AC in my life. So if y'all, y'all want to see me in an icebox or, 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 or a fan or something, um, I'll leave my cash out information. But that's either here nor there. And in closing, do something nice for yourself. And if you can, do something nice for someone else. They're greatly appreciated now more than ever. Send some AC money. It's been another episode of the Sports Bros Podcast. It never rains in Western Pennsylvania. It never rains in Western Pennsylvania. Hopefully, Tony, Tony, Tony don't sue us, but oh well. (laughs) Y'all take care. Be good. 